Hello and welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I am Jillian Landis, and I'm Marie Wallace, and we are your hosts today. Hi everybody, I'm so excited to be back. I just got back from Hawaii, so pardon me if I'm a little bit um, flustered today. I'm a Good little morning. Bit jet lagged, but we are here today with Braveheart Conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora, and I'm here with my beautiful co host, Marie Wallace, and I'm a little horse. <laughs> we'll be a pair today. Yes, uh, but we made it. We're here, we're dedicated. Um, so, wherever you're tuning in from, thank you so much for joining us today, whether you are on Podbean or Spotify or Facebook Live. If you haven't found us yet on Facebook, you can do so by visiting uh, facebook.com slash group slash Braveheart Conversations. And we'd love for you to join us there and to see any updates. And we always go live with our newest podcast episode every week on Thursdays. So um, yeah, we're super happy. Good to morning, be here today. Sarah. Good morning, Ashley. Yeah, good morning, guys. Okay, so today we're going to talk about uh, family relationships. We had a request to talk about toxic relationships, specifically with a mother figure. Um, we're going to go ahead and expand that a little bit to family relationships overall because it's not everybody. They're has... tricky to navigate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for everybody. And sometimes that is with a mom, and we can talk about that a little bit. Um, if you have any specific questions, feel free to chime in. Um, but yeah. Family relationships can be really tough because sometimes we give them a little more bandwidth than we do other relationships and we we don't hold to our standards necessarily the same. So I'm going to read a, a post I wrote this week about guilt tripping because this is often a an issue specifically with family members. So uh, bear with me here for a second. If you really loved me, you would be here for me. If you really loved me, you wouldn't abandon me. If you really loved me, you would choose to spend the evening with me instead of with your friends. If you really loved me, you would see how much I'm suffering and let me slide a little on rent. If you really loved me, you would spend your money to help me instead of spending, saving, or investing in yourself. If you really loved me, you would know I'm triggered by your hobby, interest, work, passion, etc. And you would give it up for me. If you really loved me, you would stop inconveniencing me with your needs. If you really loved me, you would stop having these hard conversations with me because you know they trigger me. Guilt tripping. These statements are often the reactions we experience when we try to set boundaries. They are the stealthy bombs that test us to see if we will back down. They are the moment of truth. Will you have your own back or will you, you continue to allow me to use you? These are the buttons we have sticking out so far and so easily pushed and triggered. Often we are unconscious of their very existence and we are owned by them like puppets on a string. Guilt, shame, blame. Hmm. So if you're tired of being railroaded, 
and you're tired of trying to set boundaries and then wondering what happened, it's time to unravel that pattern. Mm -hmm. So let's do a little unraveling today. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Um, so those are some of the responses I've had from a variety of relationships. It could be family, it could be friends, um, friends romantic partners. Um, really that's a, a, a very common pushback um, because there's this underlying fear that we've talked about before, this belief that it's bad to be selfish. And so really when we get that guilt tripping, they're pushing on that button. They're mm -hmm. saying, you know, well, you're really being selfish for setting this boundary with me. If you weren't so selfish, you'd let me keep taking advantage of you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so logical when you say it that way. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's really a, it's a mind fact. It's a play on words. It's twisting the truth because in reality, they're being very selfish by taking from you. Um, so it, it's interesting how that that works. And I think a lot of that goes back to entitlement, which we'll kind of touch on. Um, the family often feels entitled. Because I'm the mom, or I'm the dad, or I'm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Family yeah. feels that a lot. Yeah, and when I talk about entitlement, um, there are some things that we are naturally entitled to. Like, we're, I'm entitled to myself. Right, and this can and become my time an issue. And resources. Right, this can become an issue if I believe I'm not entitled to myself, which is actually where these buttons start getting pushed. Is if I have a core belief that I actually am not entitled to my time or my space or my resources or my body, then we get into some issues because then I feel guilty if I'm not giving myself away. Mm -hmm. um, whereas. Other times, family members believe that they are entitled to me. Mm -hmm. They're entitled to my time, my effort, my energy, my resources, my body. You know, So some of these beliefs of entitlement can really get tricky, and that is where they start pushing on these, you know, you're so selfish, or if you really loved me, mm -hmm. then. Well, like you said, the romantic partner as well, because there's... Society teaches us certain things, and, mm -hmm. and that's where the core beliefs come from. Society usually has some kind of rule in place that we're listening to, because if you were a good woman or a good man, then you would X, Y, Z, give of your time, give of your energy, and, and that's where I think some of that core belief comes from, and we feel bad or wrong or sick that, that we want something yeah. for ourselves. And so, yeah, that, those are all very, very good points. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, it, yeah. So there's an entitlement issue often is at this the root of boundary setting because when I say entitlement, it's what you have a right to. Mm -hmm. And this actually is self-worth, right? It self -worth is self-worth. is I have a right to me. Mm -hmm. And nobody's going to take that from me. Nobody's going to strip me of that right. So... Um, what that ends up looking like then is if I believe I have a right to my own time, then I'm not going to feel guilty if I say I'm taking this I'm time I'm setting this boundary, yeah. And no, I don't want to go out with you. Or no, I don't want to go help you move. Or mm -hmm. no, I don't want, I mean, whatever the thing is, I don't have an issue with saying this is what I need for me and I have no issue taking it because I... I owe myself that first. Mm -hmm. Or money. I have no issue telling someone 
to screw off <laughs> if they are asking me for, um, you know, like I had used the example of sliding on rent money mm-hmm. or, um, you know, well, can't you give me a discount? That's another oh, big yeah. one. I hear that. Um, you know, and so we get, we feel these guilt trips, but when, when you have developed the self-worth and you have the entitlement of yourself, you know that you deserve those resources for you first. Exactly. First. That's the primary. Yeah. And the thing is, I might sound really harsh as I'm talking about that, man. You're, <laughs> you're such a it hard sounds, ass. You don't, yeah. you don't it give It sounds harsh. Anything. It's actually the opposite. It's what's healthy. It's a healthy way to deal with things, especially when we're in relationship with another person. Um, Compromise can't happen. I mean, that's something that comes in later. But you have to be, you have to have your own side. Like you. Your own back. Your own back. Your own back. And. If, if I'm not fighting for me, then who is? And and that is, and that's a healthy relationship, whether it's your family or, you know, a romantic interest or a friend, you're finding that healthy balance between what you really need and want versus what they really need and want. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm pretty sure that most people, if they really sit down and think about it, are very honoring to another person. It is not wrong to be to want those things that for yourself. It's not being unhonoring, dishonoring, dishonoring. dishonoring. <laughs> <laughs> it's not dishonoring to to fight for the things that you would like first. Doesn't mean there isn't a compromise on the horizon, yeah. but there's got to be for compromise to happen there has to be two sides and you both have to be willing to see what you need and and then find what's in the middle of those two. Yeah, I think there's a big difference if um, if, for example, I hear a need, right? Let's say I hear there's a family who's struggling. Maybe, you know, I have a heart for women who's, who are getting out of domestic violence. Okay, maybe I hear a woman's taking this courageous step. But I, like, I feel inspired. I really want to help this family. And I do that however, however I feel inspired sure. to do. Maybe I give them money for an apartment. Or maybe I make give a meal time. for them. Yeah. Or, you know... I feel inspired to do that versus the idea that I have to. That's where the difference is. So when I'm doing something out of obligation and I'm like, well, you know, they need it and it's my, you know, whatever. Just listen to the energy of that because when you said inspired, it was, I get to, Mm -hmm. I get to. And the whole energy, your eyes lit up. I'm excited. Yeah, Yeah. excited. And anytime you feel that have to or should, you can feel your body kind of closing down. That's a really big indicator mm-hmm. that, that maybe that's not a decision that you really, really want to do. Right. And it's that's coming from obligation and guilt versus inspiration. So when you are having your own back, and I talk about self-betrayal a lot, when you're not in the mode of self-betrayal and you are fully taking care of all of your needs and operating in a sense of entitlement of yourself, then it empowers you to be in a place when you feel inspired, there's something that pings you and you're able to help. Instead of so many people that I've seen, and myself included, there's been many times in my life where I've been giving out of obligation. I'm empty. I'm depleted. I'm pissed off. because And I'm it's not, not covering... authentic either. And we talk a lot about wanting to be our best authentic selves. It's not authentic if we're giving from a place of obligation. 
Yeah, I, I think that everybody owes our on, or we owe everyone and ourselves our honesty. Mm-hmm. Honesty is really important. But, you know, if I follow, you know, my big thing is what honors me honors everyone. What dishonors me dishonors everyone. And so if I am in a place where I'm giving resources that I'm actually entitled to, that I am operating in a place where other people are entitled to those things, I end up depleted and I end up um, upset. That resentful. I'm resentful that I'm generally, I'm not covering the things that I need and like it's a yeah. really icky energy. Um, that's going to damage the relationship. Not only does it damage the relationship, but what's really interesting is when I step in savior mode, right, and I allow someone else to be entitled to my resources, I actually really dishonor them by taking away their dignity. I dishonor them by actually disbelieving that they are capable of taking care and of themselves. And disempowering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super disempowering because I'm actually operating in a belief system where I'm not I'm not in an energy where I'm like, oh, this is an interesting situation. I wonder what good is going to come out of this. Instead, I'm in fear of what's happening and I need to step in and rescue and save. Totally, totally different energy. So um, a lot of this stuff comes back to a fear of watching somebody else struggle or watching somebody yeah. else experience their own pain. Um and then it, it's much worsened when you throw on this guilt tripping from um, a family member or a friend or someone who thinks that they are entitled to you solving this problem for them. Um, which comes, I think, both of these beliefs happen at the same time. So I'm generally believing I'm not entitled to my right. time, space, money, whatever. And you are also at the same time believing that you are entitled to all of these things. So they, they tango really well in a really toxic, icky way. Very messy. Very messy. So I do want to dig into specifically like family issues where yeah. this, this can come up. And, you know, uh, the, the question originally was parental relationships. So let's talk a little that bit. That starts at a very young age when, when that's ingrained in us that family mm-hmm. has these entitlements that we think... We, we tr- genuinely believe in our core that they have these entitlement issues. and Yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about our own beliefs about family that we take with us because there's, I feel like this cloud of what the shoulds are, the traditions and the, um, the things that we have taken with us, the beliefs around family and I think that there's some really big ones that um, when we grow up um, we are somehow obligated to maintain relationships with family members that they're entitled to being in our space even if they're mistreating us Mm -hmm. even if they're saying rude things even if they're being condescending even if they're sucking energy from us. Yeah, and they're um, not honoring to who we are and what we believe. Yeah, so there's this belief system that they have to be able to stay in our space, that we are... Or have a say. Mm-hmm, that they're entitled to being um, available, or that we're, we're supposed to be available to them, right? Whether that's for labor or time 
or even even money. You know, I've had yeah. I I've had um, clients who have really expressed frustration where you know their parent will call them up and it's not even a question. It's I need you to help me with groceries or you know please show up with um, if you are a good son or, or a daughter. Yeah. Um, and it, to me, it's just unbelievable. It's it's very dishonoring, but it is this idea of tradition and um, shoulds that family is always there for each other. Um, that's a big belief. Family's always there for each other. Family always has each other's back. But the thing is, whenever we have a relationship where we have no standards and no matter what your behavior is, that I'm gonna tolerate it. And there's absolutely nothing that you could do that I'm gonna kick you out of my space. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Well, it could get way out of hand too. Mm-hmm. Very scary And problem. it does. And it does. It does. Um, whether that's a spouse or, or a parent or a sibling, um, there gets to be standards. And does that mean that you disown them and you kick them out of your life entirely not usually if they're out of yeah not usually i mean usually i think that we have seasons maybe where we're much more distant where we're disconnected um but i think there's a there's a fear in us that we will lose that relationship so i think the fear comes up so strongly that we're afraid to make the boundary Mm-hmm. Because if we do, we could lose relationship with them. And I think that's where um, we get into trouble without having that boundary. It could never be a healthy relationship. Well, and I think this is with any relationship. We True. have to get to the point that we are willing at any cost. At even, any cost. Even losing the relationship at any cost, we're willing to have our own back. And that mm-hmm. means like I am not going to accept any disrespectful or dishonoring behavior, period. So that doesn't mean I don't love them. We've talked about this before. Like I'm still unconditionally loving them, but I can love them without them being in my space. Mm -hmm. Being in my space is a privilege. It's an earned privilege. It is not a right, not for anyone, not Not for family, not for a spouse, not for a child, no no one. Um, We get to have that level of standards and boundaries. And um, the thing is like, what I have experienced, there have been people that I have kicked out of my space for a time, mm-hmm. family members even. Um, and I have to. It's, it's a sad thing, but, it's but tough. very necessary. It's tough. But what I've experienced is often in that season, you think it's going to last forever. Often in that season, you think um, it's never going to yeah. end. You're never going to have a, a relationship with them. It's never going to get better. Yeah. And what I've experienced is the more I've held to honoring myself and having boundaries is that season does eventually evolve. And I have found that, that you hold people to a level like you, you teach them how you're willing to be treated and what you are and are not available for. And they level up. They do. Every time. In my experience, too, every time I've been way surprised at how what more wonderful the relationship feels. It feels safe. It feels um, secure and a lot happier because neither one of you are giving up those really important things. I wanted to also bring up that if you are hearing if and then statements, so if you're hearing if you don't or if you do this, then X will happen, that's a really big flag as well. Um, 
growing up, um, my dad would say, if you change your religion or if you, um, you know, you, you leave the state, he would just have all these if-then statements, then I'm going to disown you. So if you're hearing these if this, then this will happen and it's threatening your relationship, it might be an indicator that you, you A, you need to really seriously look at that relationship and see if it's a, a relationship you want in your life, which I love my dad and um, and he's passed since. but. But I have to honor myself in that. And, of course, I broke every one of those rules in in my uh, adulthood. However, it never really threatened the relationship. Was there a season that we didn't talk a lot? Um, yeah, and we would only talk about the weather because that felt like the thing that was safe. But eventually, over time, they can see that that relationship is honoring of them as well and also honoring of myself and it becomes a new normal you, you find your new normal of what the relationship how it will operate and almost every time it's been a much better relationship holding those boundaries than I ever could imagine or dream so that fears there especially with family because who doesn't want their family in their life and and that's a scary place but a family at any cost is yeah. a way different. And what I what I realized too is I really had to grieve fantasies because I had like the the fantasy of what these perfect relationships would look like. You know what a relationship with my mom would look like, or my a relationship with my dad, or a relationship with siblings or spouse. And some of this is just acknowledging what is instead of the way that I want it to be mm -hmm. because. Um, very often what I'm doing is I'm trying to force them to be what I want them to be, mm -hmm. um, which is super dishonoring. Which is the opposite about. of, you're hearing those, if you loved me, yeah. say, you know, like, so I'm actually putting that on to my parents as well. If you loved me, then you would. So it's the right. same thing. Right. And so there's some subtle differences here. So I want you to hear that the difference in and boundary setting is saying, here are my standards, here's what I'm available for um, in my space. And I'm observing, does this person match that or not? And if they don't, it's not saying you're a terrible person, it's saying you just don't match what is required to be in my space. I love you, this just isn't a fit for me. Exactly. Versus having people in my space and saying, you will be up to my standards and I will manipulate you and I right. will threaten you yeah. and I will I'm glad you made that you differentiation into fitting into my circle. Sometimes people don't fit in our circle and boundaries is not about forcing people to be in our circle. Yeah. It's about observing if they fit in our circle and then being willing to let them go if the reality shows that they're just not a fit. And it's not a judgment. It's not saying that this person is bad and I'm good. It's just saying we're no. different people. We have different values and yours don't match mine. And that's okay. Um, but I know that if I allow people in my circle that don't match my values and my standards and my requirements, I end up getting manipulative and pissed off and I'm not the best version of me. No. That's dishonoring for me to continue to have people in my space that is not, they're not honoring of my values or my standards. So I, I hope that that is a clear decision. No, I, 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 I agree with you. I was just saying 
in the fantasy, we wish that they loved us differently. Yeah. And so that's all I was addressing. So, yeah, I'm glad you clarified that for people. Yeah, because it does feel icky. Like, And I've, I've also seen that happen where family members are threatening. And you can feel that even if there isn't a threat. If, you know, family has a certain belief system and you know that you're outside of that, mm-hmm. then you have this fear of, oh, I'm not going to be accepted. I'm, I'm not going to be loved if I don't yeah. share this. And so we know when that's happening. Um, and if you feel that that you being yourself is not accepted, even if they're different, like that gets to be, that's one of my standards in my space. Mine too. Is that I, I value and appreciate different people and different value systems. Um, and I require that same acceptance of myself. Mm-hmm. So if that can't be there, then then I'm just not available for that person in my space. And it doesn't mean that's forever either. It's not permanent. I mean, it's likely to be such a disconnect that it never comes back, but, you know. You know, it's just interesting because there's many times I have locked people into a an identity or a... a this is the way they'll pattern. always be. This is the way they'll always be. They won't ever change. That's not true. And even the, the people that I have thought were the most entrenched and the most rigid, um, I've watched them evolve. I've watched them change. And it's not because I make myself stay in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is this, like, acceptance of what is and saying, you know, right now it's not appropriate for me to be in your space. But then, like, the miracles that I've seen Mm. where they evolve on their own. And then sometimes it is totally appropriate to reconnect later and reevaluate that relationship. And um, I'm really grateful to have very solid family relationships today. And the way those things have evolved is is kind of crazy because I, many times in my life, never saw that happening. Well, the last two years maybe three years of my dad's life, I started just calling him and I let all the past go away and um, and just did the here and now being present with him and just asking him about his life today and not, no attachments, no expectations of, of would I be disappointed if he had to go right away? Yes. But it was just accepting them him in that moment however he was and enjoying him for that moment however he was and if he didn't have time he didn't have time or and it it was an amazing relationship how that evolved over time and um and how close we became because we neither one of us had these hard fast rules we had rules of engagement Mm -hmm. like you and i've talked about before and we also and we just and some of them were not not even um, explicitly laid out, Mm -hmm. just understood rules. And we just enjoyed each other. And and that was, that that evolved into a relationship I never expected, but certainly really wanted and and got to enjoy. So yeah, never be, never be surprised. Well, you can be surprised. Just never underestimate right. that that relationship can change over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're constantly changing. We're, we're never stuck. And even the people that you perceive as the most stuck. Um, My dad was, I called him the vault. He was so 
held his emotions and feelings in so tight. And so, yeah, it's kind of nice to watch them get a little bit vulnerable. And, yeah, mm -hmm. he was a hard case. So, yeah, if he can do it, anybody can. <laughs> I think age has a way of softening people. You know, time time does have a way of, of shifting things and, um, and stretching people. So, you know, don't ever give up on a family member, but also don't be afraid to let them go. Yeah, and that's, that's important. That's so tough, but don't be afraid to let them go. And when you hold that level of um, uncompromising honor for yourself, um, no matter who it is, being willing to change the relationship, uh, add some distance if you need to, or parameters. You know, we've talked before about, um, I, I like to, to talk about a spectrum of safety, you know, what feels safest. So um, maybe a minimal amount of contact you know, it could be only, you know, one-way letters or one-way gifts. That's the only thing I feel safe mm -hmm. with. All the way over to full contact. You can come to my house. I can go to your house. And I feel totally safe being vulnerable. Um, like, there's a whole wide range of... Um, Engagement with each other. Right. So, um, so we get to constantly be informing ourselves what feels best with each person and there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying uh this is a family member and they're way over here you know i only will send them one-way cards you know that might be reality for a while maybe i don't go to family reunions i don't go to holiday dinners i don't you know those are all okay those are all okay all okay there's no there's no shoulds or um have to's just because they're your family. So let's check in and see. Do we have any questions here? I think we're good. If anybody has any questions, like jump in now before we wrap up. Um, I think we've covered we covered a lot. We did. Um, specifically with mother relationships. Do you have anything on that that comes up for you that you'd like to share? I don't have a relationship, so I can't really do that. Um, but mostly, I I think the one recap is just do what's honoring to you. And, and I, I like that line, what honors you honors everyone. I think that's just the number one thing, just knowing that it's okay to ask for what you would like and want and, and be uncompromising about it. And it is okay to let that relationship go. It's, yeah. It's yeah. just honoring. You don't owe anyone anything, even if it's your mom, even if it's your dad, even if it's your own, uh, you know, people have adult children that, you know, come running and expect the world. And um, there's nothing ickier to me than the feeling of somebody being entitled mm -hmm. to me. It's just, it's so soul-sucking when someone comes with expectations um, of my time or energy or resources or body um, it's it's off limits that's mine to give and nobody gets to assume that of me I'm really glad we had this conversation me too it's a good conversation this was great yeah family gets to have standards too <laughs> <laughs> so um, thank you guys for tuning in with us today I'll check one more time no questions um, Okay, so thank you again for 
wherever you're tuning in from, whether that is Spotify or Podbean or Facebook Live, um, you can check us out on YouTube or our Facebook um, group, which is Braveheart Conversations Podcast, and that is facebook.com slash group slash Braveheart Conversations. So I hope you will tune in again with us next week. Yay. Um, and if you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear them. Um, if you have a topic that you'd like to hear about, let we us know. love suggestions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely love suggestions. So um, you can reach me at defytheaverage at gmail.com. And Marie at mariesgold.com. And of course, you can also just message the Facebook group or um, either one of us on Facebook. So anyway, I hope you have a fabulous week. And we look forward to talking with you again yeah. next week. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Step into love like you've never been hurt before. Step into trust Would you just open your